The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Okay. All right. Uh, it's, it's a true honor of mine um, to be here. I'm here with my eldest brother. Uh, do you want to stand up, Brother uh, Winger, there? Yeah. All the way from uh, uh, Atlanta in the U.S. We, we gathered in Lagos over this last weekend uh, for a family reunion. One of its, well, something that has been going on in my family for a few years. But we thought it would be nice for us to get together. Um, so that's why uh, well, we, are, we are here uh, together. Now, um, Pastor Femi uh, mentioned that we've known each other for 26 years. You know, I'm not that old. I don't know about him, but uh, yeah, I'm a very young man. Yeah. But yes, we were, we were in the same secondary school. Uh, and something that I remember very well uh, of past, about Pastor Femi was that um, I used to wonder how he would play, but at the same time get good results. You know? And um, uh, so he's always been a hard worker. Uh, even now, I know he still plays hard in a sense, uh, but then God still uses him tremendously. You know, I appreciate the gift of God upon his life. I mentioned in the first service that we may be classmates or age mates, but we are not grace mates because I recognize the grace of God upon Pastor Femi's life. You know, I, I bring you guys greetings from uh, Trinity Chapel in London. I know that this is God's favorite house. Um, I don't know any other word to use to express uh, my, my own church family because it seems like God's favorite house encompasses everything. But what I do know is that thank God that God uh, uh, in the New Testament doesn't just tabernacle in one place. He's everywhere. So I bring greetings from God's other favorite house, Trinity Chapel. Amen. And, and you guys are doing so wonderfully well here. When I hear the testimonies of what God is doing here and how you guys you know, came to be here and just this, this brilliant facility that you guys have here. You know, um, you know, some of us were just trying so hard to catch up with what God is doing here, but this man is not slowing down. You know? And we just, we just thank God. We just thank God. I mean, I came in, um, well, I, I, I've got, obviously, I'm married. Um, I've got a, 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 a son. But uh, I haven't been home in, in almost three weeks because I went to South Africa, Kenya before coming here. Hence why the books that I brought, uh, I've sort of run out because I couldn't be carrying all this luggage across the nations uh, that had been uh, on mission trips. Um, but just to talk to us very briefly about these two books, uh, I mentioned in the first service that this was the first book that God laid on my, on my heart to write. It's called The Power of One. And then... Um, uh, for anybody that has written a book, we know that um, it's not easy, you know. And I just couldn't finish it at the time. I put it aside just to encourage somebody here because at times there is a dream in your heart. 
God has put something there, you want to push it through, but you find it hard to persevere. But I tell you, you know, if you don't give up, God can do amazing things through your life. And everywhere that I've been to with these books, you know, this has nothing to do with, uh, with pride or anything, they've always sold out. Imagine if I never wrote the book. Imagine. That means I will rob some people of what God could do in their lives, as it were. So this is called the power of one. The idea is that each and every one of us have got the power to make a difference in our world. Uh, this is the first book I wrote, Leading the Right Side Up, How to Lead When You're Not the Boss. Um, I serve Pastor Shola Fulalade in Trinity Chapel uh, well, full-time in the last 10 years, uh, but I've been part of that ministry in the last um, 16 years. You would agree with me. I know he's been here. You'd agree with me that you can't work with Pashula and not write, right? Pashula writes, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but he's been a very prolific author, and God continues to even pour uh, a lot through him. So I serve him as an assistant pastor, and uh, one of the challenges, one of the struggles that I had from the onset is how do you, um, how do you, ex you know, ex exert influence uh, in a number two chair, or even a number three chair, you know, because um, people like the, the man right in front, but then it's hard for you to, to exert the same influence because you don't have, you know, the same authority that he has. You know, but in this book, I talk about how God can, you know, how, how through God you can, you can influence many people. I mentioned the fact that you don't have to have a position uh, to lead. Leadership is a disposition, not so much about a position. So here, whether you're a boss or you're assisting a difficult boss, you know, I didn't say Pashla is the best boss in town, you know, uh, whatever it is, whatever role you're filling, you would find this book very, very useful. Unfortunately, we have just, uh, I think, two or three copies left there. The first service um, guys have sort of bought most of the books that I came with. So this morning, or this morning, um, I have come with a word that I believe would bless your heart uh, this, this morning. Uh, in the first service, I shared the same word, and I'm just going to uh, more or less share the same thing in the second service. The title of the message is called, There is Always More in God. There is always more in what? In God. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you because you're the heavily-breasted one, Jehovah El Shaddai. Lord, we thank you because in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. Lord, and we know that without you we can do nothing. So, Jesus, come. Speak through me today to your people. Let every word spoken from this pulpit minister life to your people. Let your words take root in our hearts and bear fruits that will remain. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right. Um, one of the things that I like about this church is the way you guys have embraced technology. You know, I... 
I, you know, and I, something that I've always known about Pastor Femi as well, that, uh, you know, obviously perhaps because of his background, my original background was in IT. You know, I studied uh, IT to master's level, but, but as God would have it, I'm not in that uh, field anymore. But I just like the way, you know, uh, everything that you do around here um, shows um, a lot of technology involvement, you know. Um, but the scripture we're going to read as I move on quickly uh, is taken from Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 17. I was watching on your website in the, in the last few days about the, 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 I think, I'm not sure it was the last service, well, last week. I doubt it was last week because I know you had a guest minister last week. It must have been a couple of weeks ago where you guys had these cards with the testimony of life change, you know, and, uh, and that was so sweet. You know, that was really transformational because, you know, the testimony of any church is a life change, you know. If you've been in a church and you can't truly say that I was this and now I'm this, then you should consider whether that is the right church for you. So I do believe in the vision of this house, and I thank God for the many testimonies that I heard, that I saw that day, you know, you know, at times you tell people stories about what God is doing, but it's another thing for the, for the person to say, I was blind, but now what? I see. You know, that was awesome to watch, you know. But the word that I want to share today, like I said, Luke chapter 17, you know, as I was contemplating and thinking about it, God sort of used the scripture that I was, the same scripture that as I saw it on your website to confirm that this is the right direction for today's uh, message. So I'm going to read um, verse 11. Now it happened as it went to Jerusalem that it passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, as they what? Went. They were what? Cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten lepers or ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your what? Your faith has made you well. There's a supporting text in 3 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. And I read, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and what? That you may prosper in all things and be in else just as your soul prospers. Bless the reading of his word. Amen. I, I, in the first service, I started off talking about uh, a little bit of my life story. Because, uh, you know, 
I was not always a Christian. I'm sure that um, perhaps maybe a few of you here, or maybe uh, Pastor Femi was born, born again, but I, I, I wasn't always a Christian, right? So, when I left Nigeria in the 90s uh, to study in the UK, I remember very vividly that flight. I remember even to this day the song that was playing on that flight, British Airways flight, uh, uh, to London. And I thought to myself, how, oh, at last, I'm a free man, you know, young man, going to do everything that I always watch in the movies, live my life, go clubbing, drink, smoke, do all the, all the things, you know, all these things that young people uh, did. Obviously, I was a graduate, but then, you know, living at home had sort of, you know, conditioned me and sort of held me, you know, bound in a sense. Now I was free, going to a country where nobody was going to watch over me. I left with a lot of money. Everything was rosy. Life looked good. I couldn't ask for more. So I thought, okay, well, I'm, going to, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm going to party and do all the works. And I started doing all of that. I think I'm the only person that I know that left Nigeria to become born again in London. You know? But the truth is, I started off enjoying my life. But then I joined, of course, Trinity Chapel. And when I joined, it was a much smaller church at the time. You know, and um, I remember very, very vividly the first Sunday I, I walked into that service. You know, and I saw the ushers. Young, beautiful girls. I thought, wow, the Lord is speaking. This must be my church. <laughs> so I thought, I will stay. After that first Sunday, you know, I just continued, you know, living my life. But then somebody invited me for a meeting. Um, with, uh, uh, you know, the General Overseer of Redeemed uh, Festival of Life, we, we have the London one, you know. And that was where everything turned around for me. But prior to that whole experience, I knew, I knew from the depth of my heart that the way to go was to be saved. I wasn't saved, living my life, but I knew that a time would come when I would have to make that decision. But I wasn't ready at the time because I had, there were two things, there were two issues that I had to resolve in my mind. The first issue that I had to resolve in my mind was that I knew many Christians. Yeah? I knew many Christians. You know, and even with my, um, with even, even the fact that I wasn't a Christian, I, I didn't want, I knew that there were things about these people that just were not right. In fact, I mentioned in the last service that the girlfriend I had at the time was born again. I wasn't. So you know what a combination of a born-again sister and a non-born-again brother can come up with. It wasn't good. All right? So I, I, you know, and I'll get on with this. I'll, I'll get on with life. I'm sure some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't look to your side or to the left. We won't know we're talking about you. But the thing is, you, you know, I, you know, so I look at it, I'm like, this doesn't add up. So I knew that this does not add up. And I didn't want my life to be like that when I became a Christian. Because the sort of person that I am is that once I, once I go in, I'm all in. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not what? Lord at all. So that was the first issue, you know. 
I didn't want my life to be one leg in, one leg out. I wanted to dive in, but I wasn't ready to dive. But it's all that, the other point, which for me was the more, more important point, is that I'd seen a lot of people around me as well that had been Christians for 15, 20 years, right? And it seemed to me at the time that their life had played to that in a sense. Their spiritual life had climaxed. There wasn't anything fresh. There wasn't anything new anymore. You know, it had become, you know, we go to church, we come back, you give our offering, you do this, and it was just like that. You can't really tell that there was anything more. There, it was just, it had become flat. I, I didn't want that. I was, to be honest with you, I was afraid of that. You know? So for me, when I, when I became a Christian, life was rosy. I didn't come in because I had a challenge. Life was rosy. I was studying. I had money. You know, everything was good. But I knew that if I was going to make this decision, I wanted to go all the way. So those two issues were, were paramount in my heart. So when I gave my life to Christ, I knew that God had to help me. So... As customary uh, to uh, uh, Papa Adeboye, it would ask you to pray. It would ask people that receive Christ, you know, to pray. So it would, it would ask you to take, just to ask God for one, just one thing that you want God to do for you. And the only thing, the only thing that was on my heart was that, Lord, now I'm saved. I need you to hold me through and through. That was all. I had no other desire. I just wanted to be able to follow God all the way. And I thank God because in, in that many years gone now, God has kept me and has helped me. And I, by His grace, I've remained faithful. I have not had any thought to reconsider that decision. It has remained the best decision that I've ever made. But I began to realize lately that my second fear was almost catching up with me. There were signs in my life that it was almost like things were becoming flat. I didn't want that. And I could see that because one thing that God helps me with is that I, I reflect a lot and every, every, every believer, everybody that is going somewhere has to reflect. Because if you don't reflect, yeah, you can't make progress. You must be able to assess where you are so that you can make progress. And, you know, every now and again, I sort of reflect in that sense. And God always sort of brings me um, back and helps me. When I say back, I'm not talking about living a life that was seen here now. I'm talking about, you know, uh, a life whereby you're going all in and going after Jesus. You know? So in 3 John chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. I don't think we're in doubt as to whether God wants us to prosper. Is anybody in doubt? We believe that, right? It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and or prosper in all things. That is very important. So which means God is interested in our whole being, not just in certain aspects of our life. You know, it says, 
I, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So when we come to know that what God wants us to prosper in all things, then what are the indicators, what are the measures, what areas of our lives are we looking at? But I know that most people, when we talk about prosperity in all things, we, we, we narrow it down to certain aspects of our lives. And it's all part of it. But I'm saying to us that there is more. There's got to be more in God. So, to prosper means to thrive, to be fruitful, you know, to flourish. So I know that without a shadow of doubt, the church understands that God wants us to prosper financially. Yeah? God wants us to flourish and prosper spiritually. God wants us to prosper and make progress in our careers. God wants us to prosper in our relationships, our marriages and all that, and in our relationships with our children. God wants us to prosper in our health. God wants our bodies to be healed. It wants us to have strength and to live long lives. We know that. And all these, you know, are, are, are visible for all to see. And they are great testimonies of God's goodness. But like the story that we read in Luke chapter 17 about the, uh, the ten lepers, you would agree with me that one of the things um, that is evident in that scripture is that there were ten lepers and of these ten lepers, right, nine of them, or there were ten lepers that were healed. But nine of them, because of just the outward manifestation of what God had done, these guys were satisfied. And they went on with their lives. But there was one, and I think that's probably the ratio in life. There's always the one out of the ten that believes that there's more. Touch your neighbor, are you that one? Because there is more in God. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. You see, once you stop to seek more in God, you will find yourself in that place where I said I didn't want to be, that flat place. Because when you are not progressing, this is a natural law, when you are not progressing, you are regressing. If you are not pressing in, there are forces that are acting against you that makes it difficult for you to stand in the same place. So there's got to be more. And I think somehow, um, this one person understood that. You know, leprosy, like I said, is a type of, um, we could use it as a type of sin. We're all cleansed of sin. So salvation is all that God, yes, God has saved us, we are saved, you know, and salvation encompasses a lot of other things. But it's not enough to say, yes, now I'm cleansed, I'm bought with a price, washed clean, going to heaven, and I go my way, and I never, and I never return back to Jesus. But that's the way some of us live our lives, in that we go our way, and we just never return back Oh, yeah, we come to church. Because there's no between coming to church and returning back to Jesus. I'm talking about having that deep call, that 
deep relationship, that pull into the heart of the Father. And that's what I want to focus on today. It's that pull that makes us whole. Because you would understand that as we read in that scripture, in Luke chapter 17, the one that returned, Jesus Christ healed the ten, and they were cleansed, but the one that returned, according to, New King, according to King James Version, Jesus Christ made him whole. So it means that those, those nine others got something, but they didn't get everything. I'll say that again. I think that's what we find as everything. Okay, yes, you know, everything is looking rosy now. You know, you know when I came, I wasn't married. We have a job, you know. I was not even saved, you know. So it came, it saved my soul. I met a beautiful damsel in the church. She agreed to marry me. And now God has blessed us with two and a half children. Praise be to the name of the Lord. The half one is the one that is coming in the womb. But, but the point is, there's got to be more. Those are outward manifest, but there's a work that God needs to do on the inside that makes us whole. You know? And for me, that is the crux of this message. Because anytime I look at what God is doing on the outside in my life, I say this all the time, by His grace, I've my year on year has always been better. Of course, make no mistake, there are challenges, but, but by, by His grace, I've never had a better last year. So when I look at the things that God is doing on the outside, it just tells me that, hold on, if He's doing all this on the outside, He wants to take me on a deeper journey on the inside. And that is what that one understood. That one person that came back understood. And that is what I want to share with us this um, morning. Touch your neighbor and say, so cleansing. Because God wants to bring us to a place whereby he's able to detox and to cleanse us of uh, all these other things that may hinder us. Um, and you don't need to... You, I don't need to ask you, or I don't need to ask you to put up your hand whether you agree with me or whether you are facing this sort of challenge because I understand as a human being that there are some things that I wrestle with and bought, blood, blood washed, bought with a price, righteous, tongue-talking, going to heaven. But I know that there are some things that I still have challenges with. At times I get very impatient. You know? At times, you know, you have... You get angry over nothing. At times, you have all these other things, little things here and there. You're dealing with temptations. You know, sexual things. You're, you're still caught up. You're saved, but you're still caught up with pornography. And, you know, we have all these little things. We, we're dealing with greed. You know, you're dealing with um, uh, selfishness. You, are, you have issues with low self-esteem or even fear. I know that... Every one of us is on that journey. And that is what I want, I'm trying to say in that the one leper knew that he had to keep what? He had to come back to Jesus. Though he had been cleansed, he had to come back 
to Jesus. You know, God made me. He made us. He made you and I. And he's the only one that can fix us. Now, in, in London, um, I find that when my car needs a service or is broken or whatever it is, there are many mechanics I can take it to. But how many of you know that the best mechanic to take your car to is one that what? That made it. If you drive a Mercedes, yeah, if you want the problem to be sorted properly, where do you take your car to? A Mercedes-Benz dealer. Right? You don't just say, okay, well, yeah, you know, now this guy is broken, but, you know, there's a, this, 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 uh, um, this uh, car, whatever, is, is closer to my house than the dealer. So let me just go next door and just fix my car. You'll soon realize that um, where they are supposed to use a certain part, or where they're supposed to pour oil, they'll pour water. And then you're broke and stuck. So, Jesus wants us to always come back to him. He made us. So when we are, in quote, broke, or when we need a fix, and I need a fix all the time, you know, it might sound, it might sound like, oh yeah, you know, you're talking about all these things. Are you sure you're born again? Well, I am born again. But I do realize that there are things that God is still working on in me that requires fixing. And as long as I'm on that journey, I'm always quick to go back to my maker. You know, I mentioned in the first service that um, when I become, when I'd become, um, I'd just become a Christian, I think a couple of years, and one of the things that going to boarding house uh, taught me, whether good or bad, is that you develop a tough skin, you know, um, a lot of things in life don't face you anymore, you know. When we're in body house, we, 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 I'm not sure whether I will call it a game now, but it was such a mess. You know, we, we have this sort of banters whereby we, we, we abuse each other's moms and we talk about your dad this, your mom that. And we're laughing about it and, it, you know, it, it was just okay. It was just okay. It felt okay, you know. We're just doing this, you know. And people will gather around and they'll... They, they almost like it's a, it's a competition. I said, does anybody know that? Yeah, you know, we just yap. We just, we just, just misbehave. And then, of course, I became a Christian. Considering that, yes, I know that those foul things, you don't say them anymore. I wasn't saying them. But there was, there was something about the way I spoke that disregarded the feelings of the other people around me. So I just spoke carelessly, and I, I will speak carelessly, and I will laugh about it. But I didn't know. What I didn't know was that I was hurting people. But I remember one day that there was a lady. Um, she's got a sister. She's still very much in our church now. Uh, she, you know, I remember having a conversation with her. She said to me one day, many years ago, that these days when she sees me coming like that, she goes another way to avoid having a conversation with me because she wasn't sure what I would say. And that caught deep because in my heart, I was, just, I was just trying to be friendly. 
you know, you know, like at times you want to compliment somebody. You say, ah, this your uh, this your uh, uh, dress. Ah, did you buy it from uh, somewhere? You know, you just say, you just say things anyhow. You know. Ah, or is it uh, two for one? Or, you know, you just, you just talk. This your hair is nice, but it's looking like that. You know, and we just you just you just and no hard feelings, no no bad intentions meant. But I realized that it was hurting people so bad that I went back to my maker. And did he fix me? He fixed me. Because a word came. Not just one, a few words came. And I began to, as I began to meditate and think upon those words, I began to realize, hold on a minute, my words were changing as a person, it was still me, but there was something changing about my life that now someone that was, someone that was repelling people now began to what? Attract people. You know, the Bible says that, you know, uh, words sweetly spoken are like apples of gold in settings of silver. Then you begin to realize that, hold on a minute, when you speak well, when you speak right, when you speak positive, when, when you encourage people, you draw more people. You know, so 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 it, it's it's little things like that that God began to do in my life. You know that I began to realize. Hold on a minute. Each time I go back to Him, I get a fix. And I'm not even just talking about the daily devotions of life, because even all this while, while whilst I was having this uh, challenge, I my I was having my daily devotions. But there's, there's a place you get to whereby you realize that this is an issue. God, you need to sort this out. And that was one of those experiences for me. You know, I mean, we know the story of Oliver Twist. Does anybody know Oliver Twist? At least if you don't know Oliver Twist, you know the, the song Oliver, right? You know that. Okay. But Oliver Twist, for a lot of us, that I read Charles, Charles Dickens um, as a book. In the book, he talks about always wanting more. But the sort of response that the guy got in that book, you would think that it's wrong to desire more. But the more I walk with God, the more I realize that God always wants to what? Give more. So there is more in God. God is like an ocean. No matter what you take out of it, it doesn't run out. And I'm not even talking about all these other blessings. God wants to bless us in all those other ways. You know, when I said the scripture earlier on that, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What God is saying is that, look, I stand on the side of the giver and I want you to receive from me. I want you to receive emotional healing from me. I want you to receive your inner healing and peace. I want you to be made whole from me. And that is why that one man, even though he had received his healing, without any sense of fear or rejection, could come boldly once again and was made whole. So I want to free us up this morning 
to have that freedom to be able to knock at the throne room of God and ask him to fix us in any way that needs fixing. So, how do we access more if God has more? How do we access more if God has more? I have got three points, and I'm just going to run through them very quickly. Number one is, you want to stay hungry. And I think this is an area where a lot of us get stuck. Because it's very easy for you to get satisfied, at least in some areas. And that is why it's important that you check yourself, check how hungry you are for the things of God. Yeah? In, in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 21, it says, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be what? Satisfied. One of the scriptures that I like the most in scriptures in the Bible over the many years that has helped me is in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 7. It says, A satisfied soul loads the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is what? Sweet. If you're full of yourself, of whatever it is, there is no room for God to do anything new in your life. And this is what this scripture is telling us, that when you're satisfied, when you feel a sense of being satisfied or full, you, won't, you, won't, you can sing the song, I want more of you, but it's not going deep because it's just a corporate song. You're not really going after more of him. But the one that is hungry, even if the worship does not really sound great, you're going in because it's not about the worship. It's about the fact that, look, you want more. If we're worshiping in a little tent and we are no chairs, there are no towels on the floor, you know, there's really nothing. But then, God is here, you go for it. That is what it means to the hungry person. Things won't matter. Even if it tastes, tastes bad, you will go for it. You know, when we're in um, secondary school, when people are hungry, now when I think about it, it's madness. You know, you have cabin biscuit, right? You know, back in those days, you have cabin biscuits. But then, the ideal thing is butter with cabin biscuit. But then, when you don't have butter, you use toothpaste. And guess what? At the time, at the time, it goes very, it went very well. And toothpaste. I'm serious. Oh, yes. I know it's hard to believe now, but that's true. Am I lying, Pastor Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is that when you find yourself in a place, it's because you're not hungry. That's why you're saying, ah. If you find yourself, there are hungry people in this world, though. If you find yourself in a place of hunger, the things that you, that you thought you would never eat, 
Or you, see, you, see, you have bread and there's a bit of mold on it and you're saying, no, I will eat this one. You can scrape the mold, you know. <laughs> now, the point, the point that I'm trying to drive home here is that when you are hungry for God, for a change in your life, you would, you would go all the way. That's, that's the point. But I, but I want to, you know, because we were all born hungry. Believe it or not, when a child is born, what does the child do first? And then what do the midwife say? Feed. But as we grow, our hunger also grows, but then it also diversifies. So now, you're hungry for a C-class. You're hungry for a house. You're hungry for a promotion. You're hungry to get married. You're hungry to have kids. So we go for all these things. But there's a point, I saw, I saw this quote, and I thought it was quite apt, that every pursuit in life begins with a hunger. Every pursuit in life begins with a hunger. So then, how do I stay hungry? One of the things that helps me is that on, doing a lot of self-reflection actually helps to assess where you are. You know? You want to examine yourself. You know, Jesus Christ said, the prince of this world came and he found nothing in me. You want to examine yourself before the devil starts to examine you. Now, I'm not saying, being, I'm not saying to begin to judge or condemn yourself, no. I'm saying, find, look at where you are. Have you remained in the same place? Are you, are you still pressing in? Or are the issues and the vicissitudes of life taking over? Another thing that helps you to stay hungry is people. Now, there are, there are two kinds of people. I didn't mention all this in the first service. You know? Maybe because the people in this service, are, they look more hungry. Maybe that's why uh, I'm sharing this. Yeah. Well, there are two kinds of people. There are people that would just come in into your life makes you desire more. So for example now, anytime I have a pastor, pastor for me, I want more. I want more of God. When he shares some testimonies with me, I'm like, Lord, you're not fair. <laughs> yeah, but, but the idea is that you want people in your life that would, I'm not, we're not talking about just material things here. We're talking about people that would challenge you to greater things in God. Are you with me? But the other group of people that also help you to stay hungry. Do you want to guess? There are those people that you don't like. Because those people that you don't like, they bring out a part of you and help you realize that, I, I need what? God. Some people that you, once you just see them like this, your blood pressure just goes up. You know, you just, you just know that the things that have been buried begin to resurrect. Because this person brings out the side of you that you thought you had buried. So God uses those people to keep you on, to keep you what? Hungry for him. And if you are discerning, you want, instead of, instead of either condemning yourself or trying to run away, you want to run to God. Because as you do that, God is able to what? Fix you. Amen. The other thing that keeps you hungry is the word. You know, if you remain in the word of God, it has a way of keeping you hungry. 
if you want if you want to um, to get thirsty, what do you need to eat or, 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 yeah, or lick? Does anybody know? Salt, right. So at times, as you, the word of God, in a sense, is, is salt. Truth. As you, as you take it, it, it creates an appetite in you, or at least it should create an appetite in you for more, for more. And I also believe that as you also pray in the Spirit, the Bible says deep calls to the deep, as you pray in the Spirit, you're also in a sense being, God is finding the flame of, or, or creating a sense of uh, appetite in you for more. So, number one point I said, stay hungry. Number two, have an attitude of gratitude. We are using the story in Luke 17. The one person that came back, came back to what? Give thanks. And I found in life that when you give God thanks, you give him an opportunity to put more in your hands. And that is what happened to this man. You know, they're saying that an attitude of gratitude takes you to a new altitude. An attitude of gratitude takes you to a new altitude. You know, we read in that scripture, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And as we glorify God, as we give God praise, as we worship him and thank him for what he has done, we give him an opportunity to do what? To do more. The number three point in terms of how to access more is that you find that like that one person, you must be willing to walk away from the crowd. Because don't be deceived. This church is full now. But I know. I desire that everybody here is desiring more of God. But you must be ready to walk alone. You must be ready to go the journey alone. You must be ready to have that deep walk with God if it means you are the only one going in that direction. And as this guy walked, I'm sure, as he walked back, I wonder what must have been on his mind. As he went back to give thanks to Jesus, I'm sure he would have been wondering, am I doing the right thing? I mean, if I'm the only one walking, then there must be, I mean, is it that, am I seeing something they're not seeing, or that they're seeing something that I'm not seeing? Why am I the only one that is going in this direction? But I'm sure also in his mind he's thinking, ah, if this man could do this, if he could cleanse me of this leprosy, Perhaps there is more that I haven't yet accessed. So as he continued that journey, I'm sure in his mind, somewhere he must have resolved in his heart that if I can get back to him and thank him for what he has done, there is more that he can do. And that is why in that verse, Jesus Christ said in verse 19, he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith is 
has made thee whole. So the guy came to give thanks, but he came with an expectation in his heart that if this guy cleansed me, he can also what? Make me whole again. I'd mentioned earlier on that the only way that you know we can access more is by you know being willing to go the journey alone. And there have been many times in life whereby you could be doing business with other Christians, but you just realize that even though we are all Christians in this business, I think I'm, I, because of the level of integrity and work that I want to have with God, I'm going to have to press in alone. You know, you can be at a place of work and you just know that, yes, a lot of us profess Christianity here or Christ here, but I must be willing to stand tall and stand for him and go alone. It's a real price that a lot of us might have to pay and we need to be prepared in our heart that if it means standing for Jesus alone, we will do it. And by doing that, by standing alone, by going alone, the others got something, but they didn't get everything. But this man that went all the way was made whole. You know, as I, as I begin to, um, to round up, we look at the story of the, the leper, or the ten lepers, and, 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 and we can see how, in a sense, in our own lives, we can see what God uh, is wanting to do. But the question is, are we ready? Are we ready or are we hungry enough to want to go back again and again and again and again and to keep going and allowing him to make us whole again? Are we ready? Let us rise up on our feet. Um, I want us to disregard, disregard any, any person or whatever happening around us. Let us be that one person, that one leper that has been cleansed that will come to Jesus. Let's do that symbolically by making, taking a step. If, if you want more of him, if you're asking, Lord, do something new in my heart, something deep within, a deep work, take a step forward. Let's, 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 let's take a step forward and just ask God to do something new in our hearts. It's a call. Just take a step or two forward. You know, if you're believing God to just do something new in your life, I, I, would, I would actually, I'm, I'm actually stepping forward myself and say, Lord, that work which you have done in my life, yes, it's great, but Lord, more. More Jesus. More of your patience. More of your peace. More of your love more of your selflessness Lord more of your faith more more Jesus 
more Jesus. I want more of you. I want more of you, Jesus. The more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus. Lord, we your children, like the one leper cleansed, made righteous by the blood. Father, we step forward, O oh God. Lord, and we ask that you perfect your work in our lives. Lord, the issues, the anger issues, Lord, the addictions, O oh God, the all the issues in our lives, Lord, you know. You know them. Lord, as your people have taken a step of faith, like the one leper that stepped out and walked all the way and was made whole. Lord, let testimonies arise from this. Let your people, O oh God, experience, O oh God, a breaking out. Lord, let yokes be broken. Let burdens be lifted. Oh, Father, Lord, a fresh fire, a new hunger, Lord, for you. This morning, Lord, wells, oh God, that have been clogged up. Lord, let it be a redigging, oh God. Lord, let it be a rehoboth experience in the lives of your people. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I, I, I just have one other call to make. Um, I know if you're here, you've heard the word. You've heard of the ten lepers that were healed or cleansed. Only one came back and was made whole. But like I said, even the one, even the, the ten, at least received a cleansing, a washing by the blood. I know perhaps you're here, you haven't yet given your life to Christ or you have in the past, but you know that you're in a backsliding state. Jesus loves you like he loves each and every one of us. I want you to right now, to just, just with a show of hand, just let me see. I want to pray with you, Pastor Femian. I want to pray with you and I agree with you. If you're here, you haven't yet given, Christ, or given your life to Christ Jesus. Can I see your hand right up? Is there anybody in the house that I've heard this message? and you want to accept Christ or rededicate your life to Christ Jesus, can I see your hand right up? Is anybody in the house before I close the service this morning? We give you praise, Jesus. Father, thank you, O oh God, for the salvation of your people. 
We bless your name in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.